0: Reunited with his former coach Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. I'm excited to be here. With that being said, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of, head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. gotta get it in, Who's ready to talk Timberwolves basketball or whatever it is that we've been watching recently because it has been ugly. Welcome to this edition of The Howl. Welcome to Nothing But Net. Anyone listening on Dash Radio. We are here to bring you all the latest uh, Timberwolves news and notes. And unfortunately right now it really feels like it's mostly negative. Uh, Let's uh, talk Wolves and Clippers because we have two games Uh, that we really want to break down and kind of go over, whether it was uh, the very few positives, whether it was the many negatives, unfortunately. As a Wolves fan, I would like to say that you get used to that, but you don't. It's always frustrating. It's one of those things that you just don't get used to the losing. Minnesota sports in general are just tough, and we are really in the abyss right now, unfortunately, whether it's the Wolves. Whether it's the Vikings, whether it's the Wild, there's just not a lot of positivity as far as Minnesota sports are concerned. Hey, the Gophers, I guess Gopher football, they've been solid uh, at times. You know, when they're not playing Bowling Green, <laughs> that's a whole another thing. But let's uh, let's dive into that first Wolves game uh, from November third. Uh, one thing I noticed watching this game, and this is something that I was not aware of. Oh, look, it is. The Clippers did win the game, buddy. This is my co-host, my two-year-old son, Xavier. Unfortunately, he was correct. He, he seemed to be uh, pretty pro-Clippers as far as his predictions were concerned. Ultimately, I was able to convince him to go 50-50, but I think he was right. It, it really seemed like the Wolves just didn't have any answers in either of these two games. I feel like in my life I've watched a decent amount of Paul George basketball. One thing that became very apparent to me in these games, and maybe this is a common thing and I just I didn't watch as much as I realized, or I didn't watch enough, but he pushes off a ton. We saw it in both games, but I noticed it even more so in that first game, and he gets away with it pretty much every single time. So that was one of the frustrating points of game number one, just to start off one of my... Things I noticed Uh, a common theme that we're going to touch on unfortunately in these games and this is pretty standard for Wolves basketball and that is the idea of uh, bad refereeing. There was one sequence where uh, Vando gets shoved in the back then Prince runs over and no call again and that leads to a Clippers three make. So it's a He gets shot in the back. They grab the rebound. They run in transition, and Prince just gets absolutely run over. And he's, the the frustrating thing is he's very clearly there first. It's, I mean, either one of them should have been a foul, and neither is called, and it ends up being a Clippers three. Things like that were very, very common, unfortunately, in this two games. Moving on, Ant really needs to be better about his shot selection. I felt like there were many instances in both of these games where we're watching and he settles he settles too often. And you know there were some quotes uh, after the second game where he talked about how, you know, Chris Finch wants him to drive in more. And he is his I don't know why this is his issue. He says something along the lines of, "Why am I the only person that's doing it? Like I'm the only person driving in." But that doesn't make it any less effective. Uh, in this instance, when he drives, he gets foul calls sometimes. I say sometimes just because we've seen how bad the officiating has been. But drive in, you're a good finisher. Not that he's a bad three-point shooter, but he just settles way too often, and that's very frustrating. One thing that really hurt the Wolves in this game, the Clippers switched to a zone, and you know, with with zone, how do you beat a zone? You have to make shots. Well, unfortunately, offensively, we have not been able to make shots. Now between the two games. I think it's very apparent that overall, like if you take the entirety of the game, the Wolves played a much better game in the first one than they did in the second one, which is surprising. To me, you make some adjustments and you play better in game number two. Let's talk about game number one, though. Circus shots. Paul George, it was unbelievable. It didn't matter how good the defense was, Paul George was making shots. And that includes... A play where Paul George goes into the hoop, the shot gets blocked. It's like a rainbow. Like he just throws it up and it somehow goes in the hoop. That was the storyline in that first game. I thought the Wolves played really hard and it was one of the better games. And it was one of those games where it was a loss that you accepted, a loss that you said to yourself, All right, I'm okay. Like you want to win the game, obviously, but if you're going to lose, this one didn't feel so bad. And then moving on, guys who have been bad this season were fantastic in this game for the Clippers, and they found their shots. Whether it was Terrence Mann, whether it was Reggie Jackson, both guys had struggled, and they could not miss from three-point. It was absolutely ridiculous. Getting into specifics, as half one is winding down, uh, the Clippers were honestly absolutely heating up, and the Wolves were completely frozen out. Just had no answer offensively, except for one guy, Beasley, who was definitely feeling it, and Beasley? I've talked about this before on uh, earlier shows this season, but he is starting to come into his own, and he is going to be so incredibly important to the success of this team. As the wolves, as the first half kind of starts to 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 wind down, George talking smack to Towns a little bit, and honestly, Towns just seems a little off to me. It reminded me a bit of when Andrew Wiggins used to be called floating, like people would say he's kind of floating. It just I don't something something felt off at this stage in the game. It didn't stay that way, but it was just interesting to me, and it was something I noted. Wolves, though, were able to get within six as the half's getting close to the end. Uh, Beverly then gets a steal, but instead of actually getting a steal, the refs call a foul, and it was not a foul. It was a clean steal. Frustrating, but overall, the Wolves were able to go on an 8 0 run to end that first half and able to get within four, 58 54. That was nice to see. Second half starts, and Kogi hits two straight threes, and. His form actually looked pretty good, which was nice to see. It it isn't always the case. And then he's able to get an and one. And just like that, Jajakogi scored nine straight points for the Timberwolves. It would be great if there was a way to have this happen more often. But he's just not consistent offensively. And as a result, he just doesn't get playing time. Beverly uh, ends up getting very heated. And he actually gets... I should say heated, but he just was like passionate. And he's up in George's face. And really, the team was feeding off of that defense. Patrick Beverly is a guy that can really do a good job of bringing the team together in terms of uh, giving them that energy and pushing them to be better. Another thing we've seen in multiple games, and this happened here, all of a sudden Anthony Edwards just catches fire, which is really cool to see, but unfortunately he ends up knocking knees and ends up having to come out of the game, and that definitely cooled off, not just him, but it definitely cooled off the team. And of course, what is something we can't have a game? without and that is really bad officiating as that continued in the second half and not only is that the one thing that hurt us at times in this game but man, the Clippers I don't know that I've ever seen a team shoot as good as I saw the Clippers shoot in this game the closest thing I can think of is there was a first half a number of years ago where Michigan and the Gophers were playing and Michigan missed like one shot or something ridiculous on a stretch but aside from that I just I can't think of a time where I've seen a team be this good. And it was not. Let me repeat this. It was not due to bad defense. Sometimes there was was open shots. But that's going to happen in any game. There's no team that is so good defensively that they don't allow any open shots. That's not possible. So you're going to have some open shots. The difference is, usually when you play a team, if you leave open shots, the team misses some of them. The Clippers didn't miss a single open shot in this game. It was ridiculous. And You know, when you, at parts of the third, I will say, as the third kind of quarter started to wind down, the defense wasn't as good. And there were some open shots. But as we talked about, it just didn't seem to matter. There were some plays in the, I think it was the fourth quarter, where Ant was just incredibly impressive on defense against Paul George. And I saw someone else point this out. If Ant played defense on everybody like he does against Paul George, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a guy that's fighting for a Defensive Player of the Year. That's how good he looked at times against Paul George. We need him to play that way all the time. Pat Bev gets a tech in this game, and if you, if you didn't see it, you probably can find the clip online. Absolutely ridiculous technical foul. He's trying to inbound the basketball, and he's not getting the space that's required. But all he does is grabs the ball from from the player, I believe. is kind of how it, how, it, how it was sent off. But absolutely nonsense. Time and time again, the referees changed this game. The Wolves had multiple opportunities where they could have taken things back and found a way to win. And it just seemed like it was either the Clippers couldn't miss or the referees stepped in and made sure the Wolves lost this game. Very, very frustrating overall. And when you look at the uh, the final score, it was a good game. The Wolves played a good game. And if you take – I mean, just what are you supposed to do? You play good defense. It doesn't matter. It just seemed like everything the Wolves did was all for naught. That's kind of how it felt. Final score in this one was 126-115. to 115. I feel like the game was closer than the score dictates. Anytime you see double-digit figures, you kind of think, ah, oh man, that must not have been a very good game. This was a great game. Even though it was a loss, it was one of the better losses that I've definitely ever seen. Uh, taking a look at some of the game stats from the different players. For the Timberwolves, you got 28 points from Anthony Edwards. Solid to see 11 of 21. You'll take that. Three of ten from three is not great. Ideally, you're talking forty percent or higher. But that's one make is the difference, and that goes back to his shot selection. I just think his shot selection needs to be better. Uh, carlton has got sixteen uh, field goal attempts, which is good to see. I, I, you know, we can't have we can't have these games where he's not able to get enough shots off. We need him to get his shots off. He was able to get sixteen, only eighteen points, but three assists and eleven rebounds is solid. But six of sixteen is just not going to cut it. Although three of eight is definitely a solid 38%. percent you take that. You know, It's right around, I believe, league average is usually right around 38 or 39%. So that's not terrible there. Uh, other guys that kind of stood out to me, Patrick Beverly was fantastic, almost got the triple-double. He always finds a way to impact the game positively. He just does. But this was a game where it seemed like you really needed more. And maybe D'Angelo Russell would have helped because one thing we noticed in this game was that Towns gets double-teamed. Beasley, four of eight from three. You'll take that every day of the week, right? We talked about uh, in a recent game, he had six makes. Hey, four makes out of eight attempts, 50%, you'll take that all day long. It's very, very impressive to see from him, and he's clearly trending in the right direction. We've talked about this before, but Jaden McDaniels needs to be better. And we'll touch on this more after we talk about game number two, but I need more from Jaden McDaniels. I just do. Jordan McLaughlin, game in, game out. I watch him, and I say to myself, is he an NBA player? And I think the answer is no. I don't know why he plays so much. So when this game ended, I know my, one of my first thoughts was, instead of watching Jordan McLaughlin, why can't I watch Bomaro? Why can't I watch Jalen Noel? And if you want to tell me those guys aren't point guards, that's fine. If you want to say that, that's fine. But if you're going to tell me that you know for a fact it's, it, it could, it could, it's going to go worse, I don't see how. I think it's going to be just as good, if not better. And we definitely know that is going to be a better defender. So he's giving you a lot more on that end than Jordan McLaughlin is able to do. And part of that is just physically. Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin is a very, he's just a smaller a smaller player. I want to see Bomaro get minutes. And this idea that Finch comes out and says, well, you know, we'd love to get you minutes, but we just don't know how. Well, you know what? D'Angelo Russell gets hurt. Now you have some minutes to go around. Give him a chance. Very frustrating to not see some... Uh, some inter- some changes there. I'm hoping at some point soon we do see a change there. Uh, looking at the Clippers side of the basketball, we talked about how good Paul George was. And uh, yeah, 32 points. But how about Reggie Jackson? 29 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Absolutely fantastic. And how about this from the Clippers as a whole? 21 of 36, 58% from 3. Just unheard of. I mean, that's the difference in the game right there. Well, that and some of the other things we already talked about, of course, but the Wolves played some good defense, and it just did not matter. Terrence Mann, we talked about how he came to this game, really had been struggling. He was 3 of 3 from the three-point line. Reggie Jackson also struggling 7 of 9. You have no idea that these guys were struggling prior to this game, and that's what's frustrating, and this is not a new thing. How many times do the Wolves have this happen? A guy that isn't that good or a guy that's struggling comes in here and rights the ship and finds a way to get better against the Wolves. It just happens far too often. Let's move on to something that's even darker, I guess, or even even worse, which is game number two against the Clippers. And actually, I should touch on this a little more than I did. But in that first game, one thing that the Clippers did really, really well, and this is something that stunted us quite often, was they would double team Carl Towns and we had no answer. Just nothing. And to me, when I'm watching it, I don't see... Let's see, how do, what's a good example of this? So I don't see Carlton's getting the basketball and then ho- like just looking to do too much. To me, it seems like when he gets the basketball, it's like time stands still. No one moves. And that cannot happen. Why is there no help there, right? So you go into game number two here against the exact same team. You've seen what they can do. What adjustments do you make going into this game, right? What do you go into game two saying this is what we need to do to combat that double team or triple team in some cases? Because you watch that happen, and you say to yourself, all right, he's doubled. Someone's open, right? Someone's open. Well, we need to find a way to take advantage. If they're going to double or triple team towns, we need to take advantage, and we just could not do it in this game. So we jump to game two. What do we think? What's going to change? How are we going to make adjustments to take advantage of these things, whether it's the zone, whether it's the double teaming and triple teaming of Carl Towns. What are the Wolves going to do to take advantage of that? Because the key is you got to make shots, and so far in the season, we have not been able to do that. All right, second game, and first thing we see right off the gate, a very hot start for the Wolves. But on top of that, the Clippers definitely did not have that hot streak, at least early on, from three-point land, or just in general. Wolves are playing very well, but shocker, Wolves dominate, and in the second, the the refs decide to bring the Clippers back in, starting with Nas. gets a terrible foul call. He gets tripped up by another player. And then when that player tries to get up and trips on Nas himself, they call a foul on Nas. So my question is, why is it a foul when Nas does it, but when the Clipper did it just before, it's totally fine? Absolutely ridiculous. And at that point, it seemed like the refs just kind of made it about them. And they wanted to take that game over. And you, if you watch this game, the, the differential in terms of fouls was unbelievable. Every single player on the Wolves, if you looked at a Clipper player, it was a foul. The Clippers, I mean, the Clippers could have done literally anything they wanted to, and the referees would not have called it a foul. That's pretty much what was apparent to me. One thing you notice, too, in this first half, Paul George complains a lot. For a guy that gets calls and calls and calls and calls and calls and calls, he complains quite a bit. And so, for people that want to rip Towns, just watch pretty much any other player in the league. Everyone complains. The difference is, again, other players get calls. Towns, never. I don't, I can't think of a single game where I felt like, wow, Towns actually got to the line a lot and all the fouls were called. Just does not happen. Very frustrating to see. And Towns was very frustrated by this. Cannot buy a call in this game. And early on, at least, he was not complaining much. And I didn't think it affected his game, but unfortunately, that did not stay the case. And that did end up changing eventually. George ends up going out with three fouls. And unfortunately, when he goes out, instead of the Wolves playing well, the Clippers dominate and they go on a run. And that just cannot happen. Differential at this point in the second quarter, 15 fouls so far on the Wolves, only five for the Clippers. And I'm telling you, that differential is nonsense. There absolutely should have been more fouls on the Clippers. The frustrating thing to me is that the Wolves can't get any of the calls that other teams get. So if you're an official, why is that that you look at the Wolves differently no matter what? Like I don't understand what the Wolves need to do differently. And as someone pointed this out, the frustrating thing is if Carl Towns was to go to another team and then get officiated properly, people are going to say, well, Minnesota was holding him back or look, he's a better player now that he's out of Minnesota. And it might just be the fact that he gets calls. That could be. It could be as simple as that. It's very frustrating, and, and it would be so much different. A lot of these games would be so much different if anyone on the Timberwolves, especially our superstar Towns, could get a call. Uh, Towns, though, like we talked about earlier, he does end up letting the refs get to him. Zubats gets away with, so they kind of wrestle in the post a little bit, and Zubats kind of, kind. To me, it looks like it could have easily been fo- called a foul on Zubats. Or Towns, or maybe a double foul even. I don't know. The whole thing, Jim Peterson said there was just nothing about it that he liked. But of course, who does the foul get called on? Gets called on Towns. And it was it was a foolish foul. No questions asked. It was foolish. And he was clearly letting the refs get to him. I, I, I credit him. He's been good about getting letting the emotions not get the best of him. But it's one of those things where it's just so tough. If you're if you're a player in any league, but especially in the NBA, right? Eventually, you're going to get really frustrated by it, and it's just tough to just always bottle that up. Looking at second half, or I guess first half, statistics. Wolves were just short of sixty percent uh, effective field goal, and Clippers forty-two percent. So, uh, nice advantage there for the Wolves. You points off turnovers fourteen for the Wolves, twelve for the Clippers. And then we had uh, second chance points. Clippers had just three in that first half. Wolves had 12. Clippers 1 of 2 from 3. And the Wolves, sorry, Wolves were 1 of 2 from the free throw line. Clippers were 11 of 15 from the free throw line. Talk about a massive disparity and a big difference in this game. We talked about this in other games, but if the Wolves just got foul calls, when they start building these big leads, they could get them to 25 or 30 points and close the game out but unfortunately it just does not happen and referees continue to let other teams back into games edwards again in this game and it was just very apparent he settled way too much for threes he needs to drive the basketball he needs to take it in maybe he's not going to get every foul call i get that and there were times in this game where he did where that happened but drive in you're good at it you're good at finishing And not that he's a bad three-point shooter, but he needs to go inside. We can't just keep settling for long drives. Second half, and of course, the refs are still garbage. Uh, Teams being officiated, completely different. Clippers can pretty much do anything they want. Wolves do the exact same thing, and it's a foul. And it's so maddening. And there was one specific play where it was Patrick Beverly gets called for reaching across the player's body to get a steal. On the other end, Zubats does the exact same thing on Towns, and it's not a foul. I just don't know how you can get not get frustrated by that. Then Paul George gets his fourth foul, and it's clearly a foul. They don't call it, they end up letting play play on another player gets called on the Clippers for a foul. But that should have been four fouls for George, and he probably would have had to sit. And that's early in the third quarter. And you don't think that would have made a massive difference? It absolutely would. So incredibly frustrating. Another thing that hurt us, though look, I'm not sitting here trying to blame the rest for this loss. They did have, they were part of it, though they had a major impact in this game. I saw a few people on Twitter say this was the worst officiated game they've ever seen. I don't know if I would go that far just because I've seen so many poorly officiated games, but this was up there. It definitely was. But the Wolves refused to box out in that third quarter so many times they gave up second half or second chance points in that second half, and it was so incredibly maddening. And there's no excuse for it. A shot goes up, you put a body on someone. It's it's basic, and we just didn't do it time and time again. Uh, double teams on Carl, we talked about in game one, another huge issue, and we had no response for some reason. How are we not more prepared for this? Now, after the game, Chris Finch was very quick to blame the players. He was very quick to say, we we're doing too much ISO work, we were not passing the basketball properly, and he was bringing up those points. Here's what I'm going to say. If the way the team was playing in regards to, let's say, double teams... and that sort of of thing. If the team was the problem and not Chris Finch, I feel so much better about this loss because that's something that can be fixed. That's something that can be addressed. If our coach just doesn't know what to do, that is a major problem. That is a major red flag. So I hope that that's the case, that it was the players. And at this point, I think Chris Finch has done a great job as a coach for the Wolves. I was frustrated last night though, so I do hope that's the case. I do hope that It was the players. And ultimately, what's more likely? That Chris Finch just all of a sudden forgets how to be an NBA head coach or that players just aren't doing what they're supposed to on the court? To me, it makes a lot more sense that a team that is notoriously bad and is young this season is going to have players that just aren't there yet in terms of the scheme and things like that. Uh, Wolves, midway through the third, and I don't know how they could have been worse offensively. They blew the lead, and just like that, the Clippers are on top. The Wolves had nothing, just absolutely nothing in that third quarter. I don't remember which Wolves team this was, but there was a Wolves team recently in re- in, a f- in one of the last few years that just always just didn't have it in the third quarter. I hope that's not the case here for this team. Uh, Clippers, one thing mentioned here, hitting some really, really difficult shots and the Wolves still can't buy a call as the, as the game starts to kind of wind wind on. And the differential is incredibly insane. But Wolves outscored 28-15 to 15 in the third. I thought this was an interesting stat, though. Malik Beasley, 43% from three of the last four games. If he can keep that up, the sky is the limit for this team, especially when we get Delo back. And I think that's one of the talking points that people need to talk about more. Yes, D'Angelo Russell struggled a lot early on with his shot, but he does so many things well whether it's passing, dribbling, whether it's just making uh, making smart decisions, sort of. I think he takes some stupid shots, and you kind of live and die with the way he takes shots. But I do think that the team is missing D'Angelo Russell a lot. Absolutely a lot. Now, the one thing I wanted to see more of in this game, we didn't. We saw more Jordan McLaughlin, and he was, to me, he was worse. He was worse in this game than he was the first Clippers game. That's a problem. And that is an that is something that I think Finch needs to change. Give Noel a shot. Give Beaumont a shot. Here's the deal. j not working. How could it be worse? It can't be worse. If it's the same, then great. Then we just know that. But let's see it. Jordan McLaughlin was bad last season. Jordan McLaughlin has been bad this season. What more do we need to see? Let's try something else. If it's broke, fix it. Right? They say the definition of sanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Chris Finch, maybe I can't blame you for not being able to figure out the double teams. Maybe that's on the players. But the rotations, that's on you. And Jordan McLaughlin does not belong in games. He should be an emergency point guard, and that's it. And that's not what we're getting. We're giving him major minutes, and I can't watch this anymore. He is just not a good basketball player. Not just physically, he just is not. He is absolutely not a good basketball player. Wolves and a Blues in this game, by the way, 104-84. to 84. At times, this game was, I would say, completely unwatchable. It was that bad. It was so frustrating to see. Uh, taking a check at the game statistics. By the way, we did get a Leandro Balmaro sighting for three minutes. You know who else played for three minutes? Nathan Knight and Jake Lehman. Two guys that I don't need to see right now. So let's not pretend that that was any sort of a difference maker. We talk about how plus-minus is... It can be important but in single game sets it doesn't mean much. A minus 28 for Malik Beasley and a minus 23 for Pat Beverly. A good example of when that doesn't where that doesn't tell the story. I thought Beasley was solid on both ends and shooting he continued to be fantastic. At least from 3, uh 6 makes Although 16 16 shots total. That's a that's a lot, right? That's a lot, but it still gets you 38% or just short of that and you take that. I mean, we're shooting so poorly I would love to see guys shooting 38% from three. But ultimately, 6 of 18 is not going to get the job done. But Beasley was helping. Beasley was one of the only guys that could hit shots. And we need to continue to see that. Anthony Edwards, 3 of 12 from three. 7 of 22 overall. That's too much settling. We cannot have that kind of that kind of basketball. Cannot settle. Needs to be better. I thought we got really good minutes in this game from Nasri. 8 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. But ultimately, I thought he played fantastic. He was a plus eight. Plus eight. Carl Towns, another player that was minus 28. And that was uh, not great, right? 20 points, though. Eight rebounds. No assists. And to me, that brings up that whole point of the double teams. No one's coming to the basketball. And in that third quarter, if I recall, he didn't have any field goal attempts and only 11 for the game. It's not going to cut it. The crazy thing is, when D'Angelo Russell's not playing, I believe the stat is that Carl Towns is shooting around 11 times a game. When D'Angelo Russell plays, 16 shots a game. Let that sink in a little bit. Overall, this was a very forgettable game, and it was was worse. This game was, to me, it was much worse than the first one because there were so many things that the Wolves did wrong. Adjustments weren't made, or maybe they were, and the players couldn't do it. We just don't know. 21 from Paul George. Uh, As a team, they did not shoot well. From three, the Clippers shot six of 28, 21%. That's great, right? You played some defense. You found a way to get them to cool off. Where was that in the first game? If you could have gotten that cold shooting, if you could have had them do that in that first game, you win. But instead, you collapse. You have no answer offensively in the second half. You just can't stop the double teams. You don't know what to do, and you end up sinking. This game felt kind of like quicksand, right? You're stuck, and every time you try to do anything, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Final score again in this one was 104-84, to and that was ugly, to say the least. Let's move on to one last thing uh, in this week's edition of the Howl, and that is the Iowa Wolves. They start their season off tonight. Let's take a look kind of at their roster, get a breakdown of guys to watch for, guys that played well in that first game against the Ignite. We've got a Canyon Barry. Canyon is always a fun player to watch. I just feel like he gets the job done. He's solid, right? Good veteran. You have uh, Malik Benlevi. Leandro Balmaro is listed on the roster. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. I have reached out to some some people to see if anyone has heard anything. So far, I don't know. Although I did, I spoke to uh, a couple people. I believe they were from Argentina, and they pointed me to a website, a Spanish website that does say he's supposed to be playing in this game. So we'll see. I hope he is. Uh, definitely gives Wolves fans something to watch for. Brian Bowen was very impressive in that first game. I'm excited to see him. We have Isaiah Briscoe, Vincent Edwards. Nathan Knight is not going to be there. He's still with the Wolves. They need that depth. Just uh, in case there's any sort of injuries, things like that, Nathan Knight needs to be there. Because we just don't have anybody else. Uh, Matt Lewis was fantastic in that first game. What are we going to see from him? I really, really like what we've seen from him so far, at least. Isaiah Miller. We know what we get from Isaiah Miller. A really high-level defender. What's he going to bring you offensively? We'll see there. Then we have uh, Root Manyang. We have Brandon Sampson. Chris Silva. Chris Silva, a guy that I've in past years, I've t- grabbed in 2K. Turns out to be a pretty good player. Uh, he's kind of interesting. And then, of course, McKinley Wright. McKinley Wright in that first game against the Ignite, I just left that game not that impressed. And I so far on the season, whether it's preseason, whether it's the Iowa Wolves, he has not really stepped up for me, and I'd like to see more from him. So time will tell uh, on the Iowa Wolves. We'll definitely break that down down on the next episode they got a couple games here but this is opening night this is the home opener even for the iowa wolves and it should be a lot of fun that game can be watched on youtube so uh, definitely take a look at that if you can you've been listening to dash radio's nothing minute channel we are the howl yours for us for news and notes on the timberwolves we're breaking down games we are going over the storylines and bring it to you every single week we are live on Dash Radio every Wednesday and every Saturday. So look for us there and find us on Twitter. Reach out if you have questions or thoughts at the Howl Radio or me personally at the Sports Min. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-M-I-N-N. You can also find us if you missed us on Dash Radio. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found, whether that's Spotify, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher. We are on all those different locations. And until next week. Let me get a howl.